0: All right, hope everybody's doing really good. We are here today with a multi-instrumentalist and band leader here in Kansas City, Billy Evelyn. How you doing? Hey Rob. Thanks for coming, man.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, uh, so, so I met you, and I don't know if you remember this, but it was right when I got into town. It's been about eight, eight-ish years ago, but I met you at Jazz, actually. And I came in, I had my instrument with me, and I don't know if you remember this, but you, so there's a 39th Street Jazz and you Did were playing. Did I invite you up to play? You invited me up to play, right? I sat like right <laughs> there, right? There was a little railing and I sat right there and I was just watching you and I, I didn't even, I didn't even want to play, but I definitely wanted to come talk to you because I was trying to meet other musicians and, and then we started talking, you know, and you're like, you want to come play? And I'm like, well, okay, you know, and so I definitely appreciate you doing that because that was kind of a, a, I don't know what you call it, kind of a. A nervousness or whatever uh, that I had coming into town to be, you know, to get up on stage or whatever. Uh, and I, I appreciate you asking me to come up there. It was a kind of nerve. Setting. Pretty risky. Yeah, it was very risky. <laughs> I was surprised you did it too, because you're like, I mean, I don't know if it's stuff I said or you know, you had a little bit of idea how you know quality or whatever I would had be. No but idea. Yeah. yeah, but I appreciate you doing that. I don't even remember that happening, but uh, I do yeah, huh?
1: yeah. vaguely.
0: Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a cool night, but that, that would have been, I mean, literally the first two weeks I was in town. That was one of the first things that happened. And then uh, George Robinson's jam was like the first jam I went to very soon into town. But those were a couple of the moments that I remember, you know, first, very first time getting into town. But um, And uh, so tell me a little bit about how you got started playing and what, what kind of happened kind of before now.
1: You mean like gig wise, or anything? Or how, how you
0: learn to play, like like lessons or gigging, or you know.
1: Well, I uh, I had lessons when I was a kid, but I quit every lesson that I <laughs> took because somehow they took the joy of music and crushed it. Yeah. And so I didn't enjoy, you know, just I wasn't learning the stuff that I was mm. that I was interested in. So I took piano lessons, and I quit that. I took drum lessons, and I, I quit that. And then uh, when I was 17, uh, th- my older brother had a guitar that he left at the house. Mm. And so I just started playing in my room for fun and had some music books. And mm. and uh, th- that was my outlet as a, to express my teen angst. <laughs> so that's how I got started yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. playing Music, and then discovered that, uh, well, I saw somebody, I didn't know that I could monetize it, mm-hmm. and, I, and yeah. so the first time I realized that I could make money at it was I saw this guy busking, mm-hmm. and, and I go, well, what's this guy doing? He's just playing on the street, and I looked in this case, like, oh, holy cow, it's like, <laughs> so I went back the next day, and I brought my guitar out, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I can make money at this. You're right, I was a crappy construction worker at the time, mm-hmm. and uh,
0: that'd have been early twenties or something, or like yeah,
1: I was yeah exactly. Yeah. I think I was uh, twenty.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's, so that's like, cool. I man. made the same money in a week that I was mm. doing construction. I go, well, this is way more fun. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into gigging. That's
0: cool, man. Yeah. I, uh, I think that is kind of a funny thing as a kid, and I remember that kind of idea where it's like. Wait a second! Like people will pay me for this? Are you guys serious? Like, and and not not to not to actually let it out, but you know I'd do this for free. I love it so much, and not not that we want anybody to know that. Club owners just hold your ears. But uh, but yeah, the I think that's a funny moment when as a kid and you're like, wow, I could like make money at this, and I would do this anyway. Yeah, it's way too much fun. Like I'm sure comedians find that eventually, wait, like tell jokes all day, are you serious right now? You know, it's like, that's just a funny thing. Um, you said something really interesting too uh, about that they, they killed the joy of music for you. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit about, because that happens a lot with us in classical music, a lot, you know?
1: Well, I mean, you, you, you want to learn the instrument, because you have this passion for music, then you mm-hmm. want to learn how to do it. So you're going to somebody and have them show you how to do it, but but then it's, I mean, learning stuff that you don't enjoy or mm-hmm. or that you can't see that these scales are gonna to lead to. Right. Like, this isn't what I want to do, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. But, and it just was not fun until we, instead of looking forward to practicing, It's a dread. Yeah, yeah. And it just kills the, it's the Mm -hmm. opposite of what you started off doing.
0: Yeah, I know that this happens a lot too with a lot of guitar teachers where some of them just go right for the song, and that's what everybody wants, right? They they want the end, Yeah. right? They want the end. I just want to be able to play Stairway or whatever stupid song you're thinking of. And, but I know as a teacher myself that the best, the, the best way to teach is you need to teach them how to learn a song because now they can play 8,000 songs instead of the learning, you know, and so that, that's ideal, the ideal way of what you want to do it. And the learn, like sight reading is a great example. If I teach you how to sight read, you got 8,000 songs ready to go because now you can sight read any of them instead of we spend four months, and all you've got is one song. Well, now you got eight thousand, and so in numbers wise, it's really different. I mean, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Well, the the reading is different because you, you right. really have to do the work to yeah. do that. Because I don't I don't read. But uh, um, why can't you learn? Why can't you teach the techniques in the structure of a song that the kid maybe likes? Mm. Like so that they can, they can see that I'm doing this to get to where I want to be. But you're also sneaking in,
0: sure, these other things. Mm-hmm. The song I like part might be the issue because we do that all the time, right? You have your you have your song and it has this little technique thing in it, right? Of like a certain strumming pattern, let's yeah. say, right? So you yeah. have this song and you've in order to get to this song, we need to learn the strum. And so the 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 line that they, I mean, that's really easy for them to see that line, right? You have this song, you learn the starting pattern, and then you can get it. I think the part that sucks is that in classical, it's, it's just tough. I mean, there's a lot of really fun classical songs, but there's a lot of them that are kind of a drag and as an adult playing it, it's not a drag anymore because you understand the purpose and you see, but I, that it is a tough thing. I think that's kind of the essence of teaching is this two problems. It's that you want it to them to like it. But all of us that are teachers, we know that you can't do this till you learn the strumming pattern. You can't do this till you learn where G is. And where D, you know, so it's this middle ground that we gotta always find, I think.
1: But how do you teach someone to play with feeling and and express themselves in a song that they don't even know? Like Um, that was what, for me, it's like, I'm I'm a, a lesson, and I'm playing this song that I don't know mm-hmm. and I'm just playing the notes mm-hmm. and I have no idea what the song sounds like. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing right this thing. So I'm just kinda I don't have any emotion that I'm trying to Right.
0: Okay, so my argument to that would be one, yeah, first week you don't know that song. Yeah. Right? Let's say after two months of working on the song, well now after two months, you do know the song, you know, and so now... Yeah, but so, I'm seven and I have a half, and you a I know, yes, it. I understand, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand, and that sucks, right? And, that, and I would say that the, in, in classical, how I usually do it is we have stages, right? The first, and there's all these parts of the music, right? You have your this hand, yeah. then you have your strumming, that's two. Yeah. Uh, the third for us might be your bowing, slurs, whatever. Fourth one might be dynamics, how loud and soft. Then you have like the articulation of the song, and then and then maybe a tone thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, after you can actually do technique, then now I can actually use emotion to put into this. So it, so for example, I would use the example of like a um, a clarinet, right? I, I might have some. Uh, some Billie Holiday kind of emotion in myself that I could get out, but I'm never going to do it on a clarinet because I don't know how to play clarinet. You know, I don't have any technique to be able to slide this note perfect to grind it and use my, you know, my pain. And you know, so that, so to me that's what sucks is you want to get to the emotion part, but it's really hard to do that until you get the technique, but it's annoying to be because you can't be a Nazi all the time and just drill Sergeant on them, you know? So like, it's the essence of teaching, I think, is getting them Maybe you know, that's
1: the frustration why most people mm, quit.
0: I agree. I, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm not
1: yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah instead of being this joyous thing mm, that they want to do now, it's this little bundle of frustration that they mm, can't Yeah. Express themselves.
0: Yeah, and like yeah, and I, I don't know, that's the I just I just see both sides of it and I see that you just can't be a drill sergeant all the time or else yeah. they quit. But the other argument is if we just go for fun all day then you suck 30 years later cuz you haven't done any practicing you haven't really learned you you've just it's all been fun happy fun time you know so I don't know I, yeah it's it's Brad, you know more
1: about teaching than
0: yeah sure. well but but you know how you felt yeah you know i that, that was the advantage for me i think is that i i don't remember not playing cuz i started so young you know, so so I don't remember all the first two, three years of angst or whatever. Ah. All of a sudden I could just play. So all the annoying times I never really remembered. huh? You know, yeah, it's I'm just different incredible. from you, yeah, yeah, or from anybody else who started a little later, but um, so so one thing I'd love to talk to you a little bit about is the uh, is your open jam. Tell, tell people what you're doing in Knuckleheads.
1: Uh, the knuckleheads is the fourteenth year of uh, Open Jam and people just come in, sign up on the board. We got uh, kind of a host band that fills in around the other people and we just, everybody gets a chance, if they sign up on the board, we get them up. That's and, mm-hmm.
0: and so. yeah, cool and you're doing that with Dwayne, right?
1: Uh-huh, and uh, Dwayne and Mark, Dwayne Goldstone, Mark mmm yeah, I know. Used to, it started off, it was just me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the place had just opened, and he wanted to do an open jam, mm-hmm. and and I had met Frank earlier, mm-hmm. so he hired me to do it, and I would set all this stuff up, but nobody knew about the place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I, nobody would come in, maybe uh, somebody would come in on a motorcycle and get some tacos, and I'd get up and play. <laughs> wow. And while they had wow. their tacos, and then they left and I sat back down and had all this stuff set up and then wow. for a year did that. And, wow. and now it's probably a couple hundred people every sure, yeah. Saturday. And
0: so he stuck around with you, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, he, he, we had a conversation like, well, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's, I'll, I'll t- keep the gig, let's go. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, yeah. So,
1: But yeah, he had the vision and the patience to keep it going.
0: See that's great. That's that's one of those things I wish, I wish more uh, more owners like would have.
1: You didn't bring anybody in. It's your fault. Chop you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really great that he had the vision there of knowing what he's trying to set right. up, right. and knowing what his, what he wishes his clientele was, and what the vibe I want this vision of. And of,
1: had enough money to. Yeah. Kind of ride it out mm. at the beginning, so you don't just right open up and you're out of money oh it. sure so
0: yeah that's cool man um so with so on the show we've we've talked about open jams i mean you know we've done this year 33 i think and 20 of them we've talked about open jams because it's because uh, i like them and it's my show so i get to do whatever okay. i want huh but uh but it's such a big part of the city right i mean the music scene like talk about just having open jams in KC I mean what, what, what do you like about running your open
1: jam well um, it's a blank canvas when you get there mm-hmm. you don't know what, is, what the day is mm-hmm. going to be like it might be really good or mm-hmm. it might not so I'm always kind of have this hopeful optimism mm-hmm. of how the day is going to go and and, uh, and I can always I, always, I use it to uh, improve my own playing mm-hmm. if I have something that I want to work on. Yeah. It's like, well, the, nobody knows any of these songs anyway, so I might as well try, so, as long as it's not too, you know, too over the top with chord changes. Or something. Right. Or instruments. A lot of times I'll break out an instrument
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then try and get better. Yeah. Uh, to use the open jam for, but I think for people, it's a good place for, if you're new in town or if you want to, if you're looking for a, a Somebody to fill out the band and kind of get a sense mm-hmm. of who's available and what they what they're like. And a you know a lot of bands can sprout from from the open jams.
0: Mm-hmm. So I I've love- heard you from yeah. For, uh, yeah, thanks, you know, thanks, man.
1: It was like, oh, I know a good fiddle player.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what's so fun is uh, is when people cuz we all have well all the smart ones have our big rolodex in our phone you know do you know Piano player uh, yeah as a matter of fact i do i know three you know and then yeah. you go and and we all get calls all the time for random crap right i mean random other people and we have this whole yeah whole list of yeah. and you, you know like the entire blue scene i'm sure you know that have all come to knuckleheads you know so i mean that's got to be that's got to be a pretty cool thing right i mean to know i mean to have a jam that everybody, pretty much the biggest blues jam in town, I mean, it's the Saturday night. Yeah, it's right? fun to
1: be associated with, the, with, with Knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a good place to. Oh, yeah. You know. And some good things happen for me, because I'll play, uh, one of the touring bands was Missing Somebody. Mm. And so they come in, it's like, well, there's a guy right there. Mm. so that's happened to Dwayne and myself wow. we get a, a gig with the touring band that somehow lost a member <laughs> so, so what like on,
0: so on their way from uh, Wichita right or wherever yeah. they're coming from and they, they accidentally left somebody on the side road maybe <laughs> or somebody, somebody you know the drummer slept with somebody's wife yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> The bass player slept with the singer's girl. Yeah, um, that's funny. Uh, you said something uh, something else interesting about picking picking good songs to do it an open jam. I, I I find that really funny when somebody else picks a like an eight chord tune to oh. get a bit of blues jam, and then they're like, "Well, come on, guy." I'm like, "Is that a good idea?"
1: Well, I think if you you gotta set it up. Mm. The guys that just tear into it, they don't tell you what key it is. They don't tell you how they're going to do it. Mm. They don't tell you there's a, there's a bridge and mm. what there's a funny chord in the bridge. Yep. Or I've developed this good kind of off-time way of calling out the chord yeah. before, before it comes up. Some guys will go, well, that was a G. You know, you gotta, you got to tell them a little bit before. Mm. So I think if you set it up, it's not mm. bad. And, and if you guys you have to look at who you're playing with and, and right. say well this guy's because we all have strength and weaknesses right? and like well this guy's good. And no, I can't do it with that guy Yeah. or gal or whatever
0: and like I think the funny ones is that like because there's this whole you know 800 blues songs you know 12 bars and whatever key and, and everybody everybody at the jams can pretty much handle those but it's kind of all the other songs right all the other like like taking care of business or like some, some of these random rock songs. And like if you've been up with guys before and you know that they know a ton of like classic rock rap, you know, like, I mean, and so, so how, how is that like setting up the s- setting up the different, uh, groups? Is that, is that kind of, cause some people think that'd be really easy. Is that harder than it looks?
1: Well, uh, we've made it simple because we just do a formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you sign in on the board is however you get up. Okay,
0: yeah. So, so you don't I'm necessarily. Not, I'm not
1: selecting people uh, based on who they are and what mm-hmm. because that could lead to uh, a non-inclusion mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, well, I got to get this guy up, so, so I'm just gonna get up, and you got to get up with him.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a little too fair, Billy. That's yeah. a, you're, you're doing this I know, this but it fair.
1: also absolves me of, <laughs> It's like, well, I'm sorry, man. That's just the way it came out.
0: Yeah, what do you think about that? Everybody coming up and chirping at you all the time, you know?
1: I like, well, that's the board. I mean, sometimes I won't
0: mm-hmm. stick
1: to the board, but it's like you get who you get, and that's mm-hmm. just the fairest way I can think of mm-hmm. to
0: do it. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm sure because cause I've had Dave and Paul and you know some other and Steve Andrew and you know, I've had some other open jam hosts and they they, they all said that, that was, that's always you know buckets of fun when this guy's coming up I don't want to get up with this guy and they're you know they all have their you know on stage and they're you know voicing all their opinions to you and you got to kind of handle that I mean just how do you usually handle that or do you just yeah uh-huh I hear you <laughs>
1: Come back another day. <laughs> <Come> because <back.
0: laughs> that's what's fun. I mean, that's kind of the funny thing. Because sometimes you can get up with a group that doesn't really work, right? Or that that you know it doesn't go amazingly well, yeah. and then another time you get up with a great group, and you get Steve Hawkins with you and and Dave, and you know you get some really good players, and yeah. like you kill it, you know.
1: Sometimes, if if the afternoon is kind of tanking, it's like, man, we better put something good together Mm. because we really need
0: to have something. Right. You can feel it, right?
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, we've had a couple not so good ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know that, uh, is there anything that, try to get you in trouble here, is there anything that you... Wish that you would see at Kansas City Open Jams, or something that that you're seeing that is kind of like a trend that that is maybe.
1: i kind. Of, I wonder why, in Kansas City, we have all these pockets of music, and, and but they don't intermingle mm. so much, where the jazz guys mm. don't really mingle with the blues guys. Mm-hmm. And there's the the rock guys, and the, there's all this big giant bluegrass scene mm-hmm. that's totally underground. Like yeah. last weekend, they had a big two day blowout, and it was just all kinds of bluegrass bands. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go see those bands, mm-hmm. where are they at? And why yeah. why don't we do more intermingling? And why is everybody so genre specific? Mm. And and so, I would kind of like to see more intermingling. And then you get with, with country guys, and like, well, no, the bluegrass and the country and the new country mm. and the uh, banjo players are like, no, we don't want any finger pickers. We only want the claw hammer. Mm. So, they're just so. Yeah. It's like, why don't you just throw it all in one big pot and see what happens?
0: Do you have any theories on why that is? No. Yeah. No, I can't I can't speak for the country scene the bluegrass guys cuz I don't know them that well, but I know the blues scene decent. I know the the jazz guys. At least I know their mentality and I wonder if a lot of the jazz guys don't know the or a lot of the blues guys don't know the jazz guys repertoire. They just yeah. don't know the song, you yeah. know. I mean, they yeah. they call out Giant Steps and stuff. I mean, they, there's some blues guys in town that would be done. I mean, they'd be screwed, you know, they don't know the song. Well, is. I'd
1: probably be in that category.
0: Well, you know, and, there, and I'd be in the bluegrass category because I'm not really that much of a, you know, I'm a country fiddler more than a bluegrass mm-hmm. style fit, you know, so I'd be kind of screwed on their songs too, um, playing like a fiddler. But I wonder if, I wonder if that a lot of the blues guys have trouble coming over to the jazz jams because they don't know the repertoire. Now, the jazz guys could easily come to your jam and play, I, I would easily. think so. It's yeah.
1: easier to go that way.
0: Yeah, than the other way, just because of the technique involved. And, and that gets back to our other our argument of, you know, it's really yeah. hard to go play jazz unless you kind of have played a million scales. And um, But I wonder if... One thing I've noticed that, that does kind of frustrate me a little bit is that when you have somebody who's listened to kind of a lot of different kinds of music, and then you have somebody... You have somebody that comes over and talks to somebody at blues jam and then they start going oh dude oh muddy waters dude oh dude man dude you know and the greatest guitar player of all time and i'm sitting here like oh really is that so you know i'm like you ever heard of west montgomery you ever heard you know and then i'd start dropping all these names of people and they're they're like oh well you know they, they kind of brush you off a little Oh, steve ray vaughn dude oh man dude dude man you know and, and so i would wonder if the jazz guys would come over and they could get up there and play three songs. But then when they go talk to a bunch of, a bunch of other people, it's like they might feel that I can't, it's, it's one thing to get up there and maybe deal with a guy that hasn't practiced that much or, you know, but it's a whole nother thing to then go hang out with the scene when these guys might feel that they don't know what they're talking about or vice versa. You know, what, what do you think? Is that?
1: Well, there must be some common ground.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not going it gets along with everybody. You know, nobody's gonna have the same. Sure. Things. I just, I just thought more intermingling of the genres would be, would be fun for a little bit.
0: Hmm. You maybe did you? Was that one of the reasons that you started your country thing a couple times, or maybe a, a, a uh, side reason for
1: that? Well. Uh, yeah I thought there was no real outlet for 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 that kind of music and mm-hmm. there's all these players and uh, you know I, I thought that would be a good you know we did it with the blues thing. why couldn't you do the same thing with the country thing? It didn't really take off so good, but they they kind of picked it up at Knuckleheads once a month. Mm-hmm. It's not a jam. It's it's more of a a show, mm-hmm. something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I w- I wish there was more like I country know. jams. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, Dusty had one for a while, yeah. but
1: I know why not. Yeah, the, the people are kind of prejudiced about country when you say country. Mm. If you say, "What kind of music do you like?" anything but country, mm-hmm. and they they just really have this terrible phobia. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That, when, but if you say, "Well, what about this?" Well, I like that, or what about mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, or well, mm-hmm. I like that, or but if they hear it, they love it. But if, but generally, they have a a phobia, stereotype about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Why do you think that is? Many because carries? some of the sappy,
1: mm-hmm. corny, country stuff, and maybe some of the new stuff. If you don't like the newer stuff, if you mm. you know, some of it has bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but like anything, any genre yeah. doesn't it has bad wood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> connotations. I guess. Yeah,
0: because the old newer stuff is a lot different than the old yeah. old. Sorry. I mean, it's more poppy now, right? I mean,
1: it's not really country to me, but
0: you know, kind of more plasticky. Yeah, pop. Right, country. the pop country. I wonder, like. My favorite line in almost any movie ever is, "What kind of music do you have here?" Well, both kinds, country and oh, western. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. the other side of the coin where they're, yeah, everybody's classical people are the worst, right? Oh, country. Oh, okay. You know, you're, you know, oh, you play blues. Okay. You know, and and I hate that crap.
1: Yeah. Why well, don't the classical cats come down to some of the mm-hmm. jams and and slum
0: it? Because they can't improv.
1: Yeah. Sure, some of them could though.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'm two hands. I can't, no, I'm just open. I can count how many. That's one thing I don't like about classical people. They can't improv.
1: Those
0: turds. So, like, with with open jams, there's another theory that I've been thinking about a little bit is... been thinking about if... Because one thing that is funny is that we'll all go to the jams and we'll enjoy a lot of them or a lot of the moments... But then there'll be like a guy that we don't like, you know, and I won't name any names, but, uh, but well, a guy we don't like, and then nobody really comes to say anything to the dude in general. And then but we all go to the back of the bar and like bitch about that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And nobody like calls him out in yeah. like or, or about something that he does like literally every time he gets on stage, yeah. you know about. One example is maybe turning up too loud, or so you know somebody who does something like every time, and and so when we're thinking about these kind of, how, first of all, how how do you as a host, how do how do you handle stuff like that? Or
1: I would gently tell them. Uh, I would tell the the drummer, like you're too busy on the kick, mm. kind of mellow that out, or or don't harmonica players. Don't play over the vocal. Mm-hmm. Play around, and then I will kind of show them what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. like, not don't play. Then the guy stops singing. There's your, mm-hmm. there's your gap.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't play, or uh, you know, just trying to give them things or uh, a keyboard player. I actually gave one guy a, 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 a how like a CD. Uh, with lessons mm. like here you should learn wow. learn these first wow. learn these 10 first 10 be, next time you come back mm. so that, I, that I'm not ragging on them but I'm just trying to make them get better and there's one guy uh, a drummer and he said well, how am I doing I said well you, you know you, you got mixed up there and I can't hide a bad drummer mm-hmm. but he goes to tell you the truth I take lessons which I do. Yeah, I take lessons on instruments. Yeah. and he was like, "What? You take lessons?" I yeah, go, yeah, I take lessons. I want to get better, and so he's taking lessons. And, you know, we can mm-hmm. all get better, but sometimes people need to. You know, not all the time, but <laughs> if if you think you can kind of tweak them along the path, mm-hmm. I would, if if they're just a really bad singer and they're just like. Yeah, I'll just take the mixer and turn it right
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I mean you said a bunch of things right there one uh, what do you think about that of the always always trying to get better even I even I take lessons you just said what, yeah. what, do, you think, what do you think about that in regards to some others who uh, think, they're, think they're hot stuff and Billy Ebling's up here hey man I might not be the best player ever maybe there's more I can learn yeah. What do you think about that?
1: I don't. I. Oh, I, well, it would be folly to think that you're as good as you're ever gonna be. Mm. You know, there's so much room to. And I, I hear people like, oh man, I gotta get better. I wish I'd done it a little harder ten years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or long, you know.
0: Yeah, I see. That's that's my. That's why it's so hard. Back to the the practicing and the fun, and so yeah. Yeah, That's that's my big argument on why like the technique and stuff is so necessary. Is because like, you know, it's always this, this always happens to me. It, every show, I go out and I play and and I I go out and play, and then somebody's like, oh man, I love the violin. I played in fourth grade, and then I, I can just finish their sentence for it, you know, and then and then I quit right. Yeah. You know, it's like and. And yeah, my mom made me practice, right? And then, and you know, and then they say, "Man, why didn't she let me stick with it?" And I'm like, "You, you bastard!" <laughs> you know, you know, you 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 know, you were a you were Satan to me. You know, I mean, you yeah. bitched at me all the time as a parent. You know, yeah. the kids bitching. You know, it's no fun. It's and then years later, they're mad that they didn't stick with it. You know, so that's where the problem with t. You know, the how do you?
1: I think they just want to blame it on somebody. Yeah, huh? Uh huh. Or like, I wanted to learn this instrument, but my parents made me do this. And I don't know.
0: What can you do as a twenty-year-old though? Get up and learn the instrument. Oh yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. So, yeah. you know. I don't need to blame it on them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you, you, you still get, can. Yeah. yeah. You have some music training now, yeah. so now yeah. all you have to do is learn the instrument instead of music as well. Both, you know. Um,
1: and you have the desire.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the major desire, and, and it, it's not going to be, a, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's something you can always, like, counter with, with that. And then, let's say you said something else, too. You said something that's really interesting, and this is one of the biggest, like, questions of what I wanted to get out of people a little bit of why you even start doing the show is, so as a house band host, you are talking about when the guy is X, Y, and Z, I go over and tell him. Right. And that's kind of what I was talking about of that. Nobody calls the guy out and then we go bitch. And then the problem still keeps happening every single time he comes back. I am glad to hear that you go at least go. How does that usually, how does that usually go down? Like in regards to their willingness to hear the criticism?
1: Oh, I don't know. Maybe not so good. (laughs) Right. I've upset some guys. Mm. Um, but I try not to do it in a condescending way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you suck, and you should do this. Like, I say, you know what would sound better if, if we did it like this. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the way of phrasing the, yeah. the comment is a, goes a long way towards how it's received, but I've upset people.
0: <laughs> is that part of it? Like, I mean, is that just, so? so again, my, my, Again, I, I really like psychology. I love stuff like this about about what all the little things that happen during this moment, the before mm-hmm. you go talk to them, how you say it, what you're saying, and then their reaction. And then their also reaction weeks, months later, if they don't come back or yeah. if they go practice or how that impacted them, whatever you said. And like, so I, I've noticed that a lot of house fans, they avoid that conversation like the plague because they don't like confrontation they, they want as many people as they can to their jam yeah. like
1: oh you know it, it probably wouldn't be on a first offender <laughs> but yeah this right, repeatedly yeah. coming up yeah. and you know like let them let them let have some fun because that's what they're there for mm-hmm. but if it's something that that you could fix to, so that we all sound better. Then mm-hmm. it's approachable. the The ones, the guys that I kind of have a hard time saying that to, are the really good guys. Mm-hmm. That maybe they don't want to hear mm-hmm. the criticism, and mm-hmm. then maybe they're better on the instrument than I am, and I don't know. You're right. Like piano players in the left hand. Like sometimes it's too big, Like you're interfering with the bass mm-hmm. player. Yeah. That's kind of a, so I, I kind of shy away from that sometimes. If they're really talented. I think yeah, well they're good so.
0: Yeah. I'll let them. Yeah, that's really interesting. That sometimes the really good guys are actually, not not more of the troublemaker. You know, more of the. That's interesting. I haven't heard anybody say that on the show yeah. yet. That sometimes the good guys are the ones that. When you yeah, cause that, cause that. That's something we talked about on the show a lot too is like being too busy. You mentioned that before, yeah. of putting you coming into those little spots and then yeah. singer spot, singer yeah. spot and um, and like what so th- so this is my next question and I'd really I'd really love to somebody to like school me on this topic because I I have a very strong opinion about this topic, but I really want to hear the other side of the argument and to be put in my place about this comment. But when that idea of the spots, when I was in my other country band, we had eight of us, you know, and we had steel, violin, lead guitar, rhythm, uh, bass drums, and those little spots in the country, you know, we had like six guys throwing the little oh, da da oh, yeah. da in that little spot. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's six people comping and it was, it was kind of annoying to me, you know, cause I, I, would really have to, I felt like as a really good musician, I would just kind of back off from it cause we got six people. Well maybe five people playing that little spot is going to sound better than six people because we're all like muddying each other up. Um, so uh, this is the question that I'd love to get a really good answer for. What do you think is with the idea of your jam of getting like nine people up on stage at the same time? Is there kind of a reason that that, that at Knuckleheads, is it just because you guys have like 40 jammers on the thing? Or is, is there, you know?
1: You mean why are there so many?
0: Yeah, why there's so many, you know?
1: Oh, I guess I'm trying to appease the masses. Um, mm. You probably don't need horns and a harp, a harmonica player, but I, I got the guy and he's there all day, and so I get him up. Mm. But um, uh, for even two guitars, mm. and I don't, at the beginning of the day, I, I bring it up. But when I let it go after a while, but you don't need two guys doing rhythm, playing the same six-note chord mm-hmm. slightly off, like one guy plays this and one guy does a two or three-note thing that. Mm-hmm. So that's hard. I mean, just yeah, just that just that much there. But I usually have two guitar players. And right. <clears throat> Probably gets too, too busy, but the, on the other hand, the people in the audience maybe are not so sophisticated and they go, oh, it's great. They had like 12 people up there. It's like, yeah, we could have got with." I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's a different thing though. It's a different vibe when you've got like 10 people on stage, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have these five or something. I mean, it's just a bigger, like... More exciting thing right like for the audience who's not you know intently listening yeah. I mean that can be cool right I mean it can work really good once in a while
1: yeah it's probably with that many people you'd probably want to rehearse something up. it <laughs> but uh, if you got oh, some yeah. horns that can play together and mm. the two guitars and maybe a, a keyboard and an organ guys playing off it's
0: Mm. Yeah, that's it's just some some something I was thinking about the other day about yeah, having, you know, two horn players and then harmonica and then me, you know. Yeah. And then two guitars and then yeah, a, you know yeah. and, and then a piano player and then a, you know it's it's you know it's just kind of but at the same time, you know, like I said, I I'm a snob, you know, I'm yeah. a music snob and that's just who I am, you know. I, I want it like every if I add my way, you know, I would want to get if I had my way, I would want to get up with a house band every single jam. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. You know, I, and I would want to play with the best people yeah. in the entire... Everybody
1: does. Everybody does,
0: you know, and so that's just selfish, but, but, uh and, and uh, we get it. You know, we all get it. You got to just do what you do, and, but, uh but also, like, I think yours is very different because, like, like, Dave never has 30 jammers at his jam, you know, he has a lot, you know, of like 10, 15, but he never has 47 people on the on the list, so I, I don't blame you how you gotta just, you know. Well. You gotta get through them, right? I yeah, mean, that's you know? the other I thing. Mean, yeah. like,
1: well, I came to this jam, and uh, I gotta wait to get up, and I'm already waiting, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I, I came to play, so I wanna give them some playing time. I know, yeah. But but in a, in a four hours, and if they're half-hour sets or something, I've only got so many sets and, mm-hmm. yeah. and and so you're gonna get you're gonna come all the way down there for your 20 minutes and, Yeah, and what if that 20 minutes isn't a good 20 minutes. I know yeah, <laughs> then, yeah. You know, I feel sorry for those people because like, yeah. they come down They wait all day and they get up and somebody can't play mm-hmm. Kind of the whole thing tanks and <laughs> they got a bad taste in their mouth like why did I do this? And so if I can get them in the next set, maybe right. it's a little better that gives them enough to want to come
0: back Right and I think, like a, a lot of us know that, right? I mean, we know that every single one isn't going to be a, amazing. You go to Steve's jam or whoever's jam, and you know, you go to, you go to ten, and like six of them are going to be good for sure, if not more. But there's going to be two or three, you know, every yeah. ten jams you go to that are, you know, just going to, yeah. you know, kind of be whatever. But,
1: you know, the weird thing about the, the jams is like, it's almost how you start off the the jam is how the whole day goes. Mm. Like we get in there. It's like, oh man, I got a good feeling today, and it's like it comes out good, and then other days it's like, oh, I gotta, I'll tell the guys, I don't know about yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. You got a weird feeling, and mm. then it's like, oh, here it comes. Yeah, I knew.
0: <laughs> so. What what is that? Is that like how you how the band feels or the crowd or I mean, is I everything? I don't know or... if it's just
1: me or not, but I like if if I start off and maybe I'm too like let's let's start off I'm feeling kind of adventurous mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give something that the band doesn't quite get you know I just throw it at them mm-hmm. and it's like well someone with this will work it's like now, it didn't work <laughs> and and then the whole day doesn't work and I, I yeah. feel like it's because that I started was, yeah. off mm-hmm.
0: the wrong way yeah that's funny I didn't. I had this. I've had people ask me this too about people being amazed how all of us can just get up there and just freaking wing it, mm-hmm. you know. And like you, like you just said, you know, drop songs from the '40s on us, you know that that were, you know, made 40 years yeah. before I was even born, you know. I like and, I mean, that's kind of a crazy, amazing thing, right? I mean that we can kind of get up there and just like kind I of. I think I take that
1: for granted. Yeah, you know. So somebody that the, the music. It's just like how do you do? Like how do you know? Well, mm-hmm. as long as you get somebody kind of dragging you through the quagmire, you're pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but but I guess like I mean, mm-hmm. like my so. But when we're doing blues and you somebody throws us a blues tune, we're not really going on the fly though, right?
1: Yeah, no, there's the formula. There's
0: the formula, yeah. right? They call G, right? G-boo. Yeah. Well, you played in G, you know, a thousand times. and So that's uh, maybe that's something that people don't understand is that it's not like completely thrown to the wolves yeah. sometimes, right?
1: Well, it, uh, you would understand this, but uh, so it's like being in the huddle calling a play. Mm. So their standard play is the 12-bar blues. Yeah. In the key. But, and then you call out the variant.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: So 12 bars G, it's got a bridge. Bridge has a, this chord in it. Or it has these stops over here. Mm-hmm. So you use that as the base, and then kind of mm-hmm. add these little right qualifiers on top of it to, right. make it to make it be different.
0: Right. This one does the regular, but on the 5 yeah. it goes up to this weird 6, then back down yeah. to 5-4 yeah. and just or, has that yeah. one little...
1: yeah. 12 bar, give the key, give the feel. Mm-hmm. The, the harmonica players are always panicky <laughs> so they know what the key is. Oh, like, what key, what And then you go, gee, and then, okay, if I can kind of, I can just play my <laughs> same licks that I'm going to play on all these instruments on all these yeah, harmonicas, right. and yeah. once I know that, then I can, I can pick that up and I'm good. And so you got to tell the drummer.
0: And the feel, yeah. The
1: feel, and then the other guys, the chord all changes right. and,
0: yeah, I I'm kind, I have said this before. I'm kind of over harmonica, like in general. I'm just kind of over it, man. There's a lot of pretty average, you know, harmonica players in town. I'll just say it, you know, like but uh but it is fun. It's it's so different from all the other instruments. It's really fun to hear cuz it's so so different. But uh but yeah, so I mean I I I'm really glad that, uh, I've come down to your jam a bunch and, and I got a lot of times I got lessons on Saturdays and I can't always come down, but I really enjoy coming down to your jam because it's it's always just, it's always just craziness, right? There's 150 people in the audience. There's always 30 some jammers. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just always enjoy coming down there because it is kind of, uh, no holds barred a little bit. You have no idea who's going to be down there, right? Yeah. And so I just enjoy, I appreciate you letting me get up there. Oh man,
1: you always uh, lift the place up a little when you when you come in. So Thanks man. Yeah. Plus we don't have that many fiddle players. Mm-hmm.
0: It is an advantage for me, you know, in that exactly. way. I mean, you can kind of, you really suck, but you still, everybody still remembers you because nobody ever plays violin down yeah. there. And right. so it's a little bit of advantage and it helps when you sort of kind of know what you're doing then they remember yeah. you even more. And um, But, uh, So switching gears a little bit, um, I'd love to talk a little bit about being in bands in general, not just open jams. But I think another example of something that I really wanted to make this show about and get some advice from people is that there's, I don't know if, uh, see if you agree with this, but when I was running my band, it was sort of like when I was a kid and it was like kids versus adults. You know, it was like this versus kind of thing. We saw the adults as like the other and I think the same kind of thing happens with musicians and club owners, right? We and I know I, I can't speak for you, but I know I felt this way for a long time. You know, oh those greedy club owners, and they don't know da, da 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 da. And I had all this you know talking all this stuff about them, and we we felt like we we knew it all as the musician, and the club owners didn't know anything. Well, after I ran my band, I sort of like sort of turned the corner a little bit and started to understand that you know, we, we're playing here, but there's like four people in this place right now. You know, I can't believe they don't ever want us back. You know, yeah. like there's there's four people, you know, and they're going to try to drop you 400. Yeah. And they made like 60, Yeah. you know. And so, so I kind of turned the corner on that and tried to get a little bit different philosophy. But I always hear a lot of people talking about that kind of stuff of being annoyed with club owners or even other bands that are making it. And they, they always kind of have this idea of like, those guys aren't even good. How come they're, you know, they're not wow. even good, a good band and how come they're making it whatever. Mm-hmm. And can can you talk just a little bit about the idea of kind of running your band and maybe some, some challenges or great things about it or just being a band leader?
1: Well, uh, a lot of times if I get, I would get to a city, and start booking shows, or uh, b- because I was solo, and then I would, got thrust. They said, "Well, I don't want a solo. I have a band," and then I go, "Well, okay, I can get you a band." And then I was like, oh, "I better make. I got to find some people."
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so I, I got the band gig, but I don't have a band. So, so that was kind of uh, tricky to do, but. Uh, I found as long as I keep the guys working you know once I found some guys mm-hmm. and maybe they are in other bands which is another tricky thing mm-hmm. when, when the bands are in multiple bands and you can't do anything because you can't don't have these parts if you get busy enough the other bands that that's their problem because I've already booked all this stuff mm-hmm. out so and then I got so busy that the other bands fired their other guys because they were too busy <laughs> but I never had the the thing with the with the club owners about mm-hmm.
0: the
1: yeah you know I don't know, I guess I could go busk on the street I guess if I wanted to mm-hmm. if you're gonna be yeah, that sure. good go ahead and do it on your own mm. book your own place mm. do the door I, I don't know I've never yeah. had that uh, us versus them mentality. mentality yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah and I I know that. Uh, a lot of a lot of times it's a tough it's a tough thing because we've talked about this with Scotty McBee and some other people how they're they're they were frustrated the two sides are they're just they see it from the club owner's perspective of understanding I mean you've got to the other big one is the marketing stuff and that's probably the number 1 annoyance i've heard from other musicians is that they expect us to bring the whole crowd and that's that they the the owners expect yeah. the bands to bring the whole crowd and I just have a different opinion about that now. I, I understand why the musicians feel that way, but I you know, I, my question to them would be what what is like what hurts by you promoting your band?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a shared responsibility. If they do good, you do good. Mm. So
0: See a lot of a lot of musicians. Maybe that goes back to the the blaming thing you were talking about earlier. I mean, is is that what that is? I mean, they just don't want to
1: like. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to say. But I know that that's a big thing that I've had. Like I said, I've had three hundred conversations about open jams, and I've had three hundred conversations about that topic too, about musicians annoyed with club owners. But you have have you had any times where you've really, like, butted heads with the, Not just your mentality, but have you, have you had very many times that you've, not to get you in trouble or anything, <laughs> oh, but...
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I had this one. And, uh... I didn't know the guy. He called me up to come play with the band. And I said... And I kind of have a smart mouth sometimes. And I didn't know the guy. And he didn't know me. And, uh... I said, well, hope you, hope you got some friends coming. I said, oh, I don't have any friends. I, I thought you hired us 'cause we were good.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that that yeah. didn't go, in. it was dead. It was, it was dead that night. And then he canceled some other gigs that we had.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, Well, he I did... got my joke in.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was the main thing. How,
0: how worth it was that? Was right. that really worth yeah, it? No, I've,
1: that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's that's and that's another good point because what we want to do is go cuss them out, right? If if you have a problem with them and you think yeah. they're in the wrong, we want to go cuss them out. And I've heard so many times that you know again that's back to the what good is going to come of that, mm. you know, like so so what I'm again with the kind of psychology and mentality kind of conversation, that's that's where some guys just get themselves into crazy trouble of, of not having the mentality of what kind of relationship do I need this to be with a club owner? Yeah. You know? And so how, like not, not to give too much insider baseball, but you, did you, do you come at him real bluntly? Like when you're doing that initial talking to him about the gig, do you come at him super blunt about, Hey, I'm Billy Ebling. I play, blah, 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 mount gigs, you know, a month or whatever. and pretty, you know, it, this is what I can bring for you. When do you want, you know, say that word, when do you want me? You just yeah. come at them hard or do you come at them real, you know, oh, hi, you know, I'm, and give them some mm. jokes or like, you know, how do you, how do you come at them usually?
1: Oh, maybe a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I send out promo, in, instead of just being all trying to pump myself up, I, I if I was plugging the band, I'd make an uh, accordion joke about mm. how we're one of the top 150 accordion bands in all of South Central Lawrence.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: you know, so I put that in yeah, there just yeah. to kinda, as well as some of the other stuff, you know, you try to put your best foot forward and right. make it sound good, but I, I would also, I mean, I can't guarantee that we're gonna, like I don't know anybody, I don't know I don't want to guarantee that, give false hope that, oh yeah, we're going to pack your place and we're going right. to do that. Yeah. like, I don't, I don't know about that, but I, right. I've got this and this is pretty solid and mm. I think that'll go over.
0: Yeah, so you're doing a, co- so first of all, you're doing a combo of showing them your promo packet yeah. and you're, you're going, okay, this is, you know this is our product and yeah. we have a promo packet, we have some videos or what, you know, whatever you're showing and we play here, et cetera. And so you're giving them kind of the, this is what we do, but you're also doing this like self-deprecating thing too. Like right yeah. The that we're, the yeah, we're yeah, this yeah. like the 150th yeah. best, you know, in, you know, in South Overland yeah. park or say, so, you know, the, that's interesting that you kind of give them both of that yeah. instead of all the, you know, oh yeah, we're real good. All right. You know, but that's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah can't be all propaganda about how great you are, because mm-hmm. I don't believe it. But now, I mean, that used to be when I'd send stuff out. Mm-hmm. But I don't send stuff out anymore, because most people, mm-hmm. they don't want that. Now it's all online, and and then how do you keep them from seeing some crappy performance that somebody did on their shaky phone mm-hmm. with bad sound? They go, well, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, so is I that, haven't quite tackled that problem yet.
0: Right. So, like, so that's that's what another buddy of mine talked about one time. He's like, the, the bad videos can do more harm yeah. to you than the good videos can do good. Right.
1: Yeah. And you don't get to monitor that unless mm-hmm. you're getting to send send them to your website. Right. Get to do, but they go, oh man, let me check this band. And they Google it and they see. Right. Whatever videos come up and mm-hmm. maybe it's not good.
0: Yeah. There's something else that you said a minute ago that was really cool that I totally forgot about. Um, anyway, I can't think of what it was. Um, but yeah, man, so, oh yeah, yeah, That it was the, you you were talking about, do you tell them how many people are gonna come? Mm. That's the other thing that I've tried to think about too, is trying to maybe never guarantee, because that's they I was gonna say, can you guarantee 50, can you guarantee, yeah. you, you know? What do you think um,
1: about that? Yeah, no, I don't. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I do like to tell them the story about the Knuckleheads Jam. of like, well, I, I spent a year at this place
0: mm-hmm.
1: building it, you know. Yeah. And it it didn't go at first, but now it's pumping. Right. So. Well, I don't know. And that and I that's. I like to the, tell that story to them.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing because you're trying to convince them that if you if you give me you know, three months, it might, it it will, you know, I mean, you, you, you know, that it'll, it'll get better. How much better is the the key, but like, see, well, it could get worse. It could get worse. (laughs) That's true. You could overstay your welcome, you know? Yeah. And like, and you were saying that because that, that to me is, again, the key is when you, is during that negotiation, when you, when they go, well, how how many can you. So, so this is the key: is that they come at you with, so they come at you with, you, you know, how many can you guarantee? And then you tell them, well, you know, I, I'm not. I mean, you basically, yeah. you you basically stand your ground and say, I'm yeah. not giving you a number but in in the nicest way you can. You know, you say, then my point is, what happens after that? You know, when 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 they, you know, when they say,
1: yeah. I think it's better on the front end than at the end of the night. Well, you said you could get these people, and like, right. I think you're better off. Just I don't know. It depends on how many times you want to play there, I guess. Right. If you're just trying to get the one gig in, and
0: yeah, that's true. And it, yeah, and I'm talking about the before the gig starts, right. right? The month before the gig starts, and you're in that, you're at the bar or something, and you're talking to the guy, and like, and that's where I'm at with with bands as well. Is that when you have that moment and you you have this gig and it maybe could be good and you're either talking about uh, how many people are going to show up or how much money you're going to get and you're doing that negotiation. I know in my band, I had a moment where a guy would go, oh, well, you want 400 well, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and he you know, starts talking to you around the thing. Oh, well, we can only, you know, give you, you know, like like a drink <laughs> no money, you know, like, and he's, I'm being silly, but that moment of do I need to stru- stay strong and basically be able to walk away? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, you know, what, what do you think about that? Cause I think a lot of people just go, Oh, Oh, Oh yes, sir. And then they, they take the 180 instead of the 400 they were asking for, you know, what, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, I guess you have to weigh that with how many other gigs are you doing? Can you sell mm-hmm. that gig? Can you sell that night somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Or is this maybe gonna be the only gig that you're doing? And, because if you're playing, maybe that leads to something else. If you're out there playing mm-hmm. or or not playing, you know, I, I guess you gotta weigh that with... What I would do, if I'm trying to sell the band and they don't wanna pay for the band, i go, well, I got the solo that you can that for that money mm. I could come in and do this mm.
0: now it's good for both of you right they they yeah. don't have to drop 500 yeah. or something and yeah. you are getting paid and, you
1: know, and maybe I'm yeah. making more than I was gonna make with the band mm-hmm. they get some music you know but
0: or duo or something right yeah. instead of the whole band yeah, yeah. yeah. that's interesting yes yeah. yeah give them different options do you usually do that yeah. do you give them yeah. like during your pitch to them yeah. do you yeah
1: from uh, uh, solo three piece, mm-hmm. and then the extra pieces for X amount of dollars on up to whatever you know. So I know this great fiddle player. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I just I lo- I love those moments. I think they're so fascinating because because I love it when this this happened to me when I first got into town, especially from when I had a question to my parents, they'd always give me an answer. And then I went to college and if I ever had a question, the teacher would always give me an answer. And then I'd come out to the gigging world and I'm like, okay, so how do you like get in with a bar owner and keep a steady gig? And they're all like, oh, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you just gotta like, you know, stuff it and things and they'd always be, you know, they always never want to give out their yeah. secrets and stuff. like. Yes, for playing advice, and people are like, oh, yeah, the C-sharp minor, you do that, and then you go ask them, hey, where do you busk? And they're like, oh, well, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you know, find places and stuff, and I always thought that was really funny that nobody ever wanted to give away their, like, business yeah. advice. It was always music advice yeah. that were, you know. Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, it's money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't you. Taking my gigs. <laughs>
0: Billy, I would never do that. I would never take a But the gigs. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I don't know, I always found that really funny that, uh, about talking to club owners and, cause that's stuff that we never got like trained on how to do, right, I mean. Well, college uh, they're all and different
1: stuff. too, so mm-hmm. what works with one doesn't work with the other, so. Mm-hmm. But.
0: And you said something interesting too about the when you have a certain amount of gigs, um, that all of a sudden kind of adjusts your adjusts yourself a little bit of how you're talking to them now, right? I mean, you got thirty gigs in the next six months lined up. Can you walk away easier
1: yeah because because I could sell that I could sell that night mm. somewhere else, probably mm you know or I could if i if I take this now for. This I may be missing on something else, mm. and or you're, maybe not, and then I have yeah. a night off. Right, so yeah. But if you're really hungry for gigs, you kind of need to hustle a little more.
0: I was I was was joking that they can like, it's like the owners can smell that desperation on you. You know, yeah, I'm I, being yeah. silly. You know, they, it's like they can like, they can yeah. smell that that you. Oh no no no! I think we'll do this for 180 instead of four. You know, like, yeah. and it's almost like they can smell your desperation, and then they just like. Make you, make you all the hoops, and then you get them to get down on two knees and beg, and like, and then they finally, okay, I'll give you the gig, but, you know, and and you know, I. Yeah, so there's so the that? Thing.
1: There's that side too. Mm-hmm. Trying to be too uh, eager to please. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that's so that's again what where I'm annoyed is that is that knowing where that balance is is knowing how to be able to just. If it's really not good, you've got to be able to walk away, right? I mean, you just can't take every single waking thing, but. But
1: what if you really need the gig? I know.
0: And so that, and that's then like.
1: So you just. Probably. It works the opposite of how. If you don't have any gigs, and you really need the gig, it's probably harder to get the gig. Mm hmm. But if you. Oh, yeah, sure. But if you got a bunch of gigs, and you don't need the gig, it's like, eh, well.
0: Mm hmm. Because it's got to be easier for you now. I mean, you have you know years under your belt. You have a you know laundry list of places you played. Obviously, the running knuckleheads. Uh, you know, hey, I've had this weekly gig for yeah, yeah, th- you know name ten name whatever drop. years. Yeah, name drop on them, right? Yeah.
1: I I used to spend a lot of my day chasing gigs, mm-hmm. sending out stuff, talking to people, mm-hmm. trying to go. Um, maybe the biggest thing for me that what I like to do if I'm going to new places, I I like to go in person Mm -hmm. and meet them and and put something hard copy in their hand because if you just email them and give them a link that they gotta go check out, they're probably not gonna do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's easier to meet somebody, I think, Mm -hmm. unless they're, you know, maybe the younger generation, and they don't have people people's
0: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's. But I a, like to go in and, yeah, and talk yeah, to them
1: yeah. in person, and I think it's easier to get a gig that yeah. way. Than
0: it sets a different impression, doesn't it?
1: Than cold, I would cold call, and we just had this list of people to call up, mm-hmm. and like, hey, how about a gig? And maybe it worked, but usually not. But, right. I, don't, but I don't do that so much. Right. Because I have some regular stuff.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, a very wise idea, is yeah, and, uh, but yeah, so, well, um, we're probably getting close to wrapping up here, the the one other one I wanted to ask you was, um, about subs, you talked about sub players mm-hmm. the other day, and that, that's kind of a cool thing about KC, right, I mean, there's like so many players here that, like, yeah. talk, talk about getting subs in your band, like, like.
1: Well, uh, a good skill from coming from the jams is to being able to wing a gig mm-hmm. and not have the people in the audience know it or the club owner know it. And uh, yeah, I I do that a lot still. Mm-hmm. Even on the day somebody gets sick or their car mm-hmm. doesn't work or something like, oh, I gotta hustle and find somebody. Mm-hmm. And, but... Uh, yeah, I've got some people that you can just call and see. Mm-hmm. You know, like I ah, maybe on my fifth call on the drummers, <laughs> but uh, you know the gig will probably come out all right. And if it doesn't, I can still show up and play solo. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, eh. you know, it's not it's not like I have to cancel. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, and it's helpful when people start subbing with you more than once. Like, I've played yeah. with your band now a couple times, and I have a, I have a decent idea of what your yeah. guys' general deal is, and so it's easier you know, every time, obviously, the more times you do it. But, like, I always think that's funny about calling the subs, because it's back to the people being kind of blown away. Like, you're going to sub this four-hour gig, and, like, you got called, like, literally two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> you showed up yeah. to the gig, but it's not as bad as people think, right? I mean, you do a blues and like, okay, I've done, you call working man and like, okay, well, but I played Folsom like a million times and this is pretty much the same, you know, pretty much the same song. So I'll be fine. You know, like, do you, what do you think? So last question on that. Is there a secret to getting on your good side as a sub? Uh, What are you looking for in a sub?
1: Well, I just uh, someone that's gonna pay attention to the cues mm-hmm. and, uh, and play the gig and not play too loud or mm-hmm. play the room mm-hmm. and uh, I usually don't have any trouble with anybody getting too drunk or mm-hmm. or high or something yeah um, maybe they get maybe they just don't get called back. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a sub and you don't get called back, maybe look and see what your, you know, how your gig went and mm-hmm. see what you did. I don't know. Uh, I had had a person I hadn't worked with before uh, calling out solos and it's like, no. A couple times, like, really? Well, that's why I hired you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean.
0: yeah I've heard I know a lot of times I, I've talked to a lot of people about this too is that a lot of times it has nothing to do with playing why they don't get called back oh yeah they were just basically bastard the whole time <laughs> you know I mean they, they were yeah. it, and like and and I think that's one of the biggest problems about musicians because I mean there's 300 really good musicians in this town. And then there's another 500 that are pretty good, you know, and, and so finding a person that's a good player is very, very easy. But, finding one that's a really good player and got a good attitude or, yeah. uh, or answers the phone,
1: yeah.
0: right? It's not a complete yeah. flake of a person. Yeah. You know, it's like do you think that's one of the biggest things that like stops people from being a good musician is all the personality Lake-y well, it's.
1: I don't know if about being a musician, but being a working musician. Working
0: musician, yeah, that's what I mean,
1: yeah. Well, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, right, well, we're we're wrapping up here, right to end it. Uh, you got you got a funny, really crazy, funny, awesome moment in the music business. You can think think of to share with My this?
1: my Pink Floyd story with my brothers. Hmm. We were, we were, uh, busking in Auckland, New Zealand, mm. and uh, we're playing, and <clears throat> uh, what we would do, we would try and, when we're busking, we'd try and get what you thought was your biggest crowd, and then one guy would drop out and go pass the hat around, and no, while well, the other guys played, and then you join the band back up. Mm-hmm. So, was was going around with the, with the hat, and uh, I approached this guy, and, uh, and he said, how would you guys like to do a party tonight? I said, oh, we can't, we're gonna go see Pink Floyd, because Pink Floyd was playing. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Dave Gilmore, the mm-hmm. guitar player. He said, well, it's after the party. I didn't know, I didn't recognize him. So.
0: It was Dave Gilmore? Yeah,
1: yeah, because they were just hanging out on the street wow. before the show. And some of the band was with him, and uh, I said, "Well," he said, "It's after the show." And I said, "Yeah, sure. Here's our number. Call me up." Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything to anybody because a lot of times those people don't call back.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if they do, you know, just call. Wow. Back. So my brother Tim gets a call. He goes, "This is this is Paul Dainty from the Pink Floyd." Uh, after-party show calling to confirm. Wow. Your, and my my little brother goes, who is this? Is this Sam? Yeah. fucking with me and he, hangs it and he hangs up. Oh. And so the guy calls back and goes, no, well, seriously, you don't hang up. This is Paul Daney and we're doing the Pink Floyd show. And mm-hmm. the, the, the guy saw you and they want to hire you for the after-party concert. Go to this gate. You have a mm-hmm. backstage pass. Right. And and my little brother's like this is a setup. I yeah. I'm going. And he's up no. And so me and my other brother went, and we were supposed to call him if it was real legitimate. hmm So we get there. It's like yep, it's legitimate. Wow. So he has to load up the car, and and take all the stuff down to the, to the venue where the after party. hmm Wow. He calls <laughs> and he's all pissed stuff. Cause I gotta get him in backstage. The Pink Floyd, and and uh, I still wasn't clued in. Like, I, hey, there's that guy that hired us. because Dave Gilmore's backstage, and so I asked him. I said, uh, "So how long have you been on tour?" I said, "I was a roadie or something." Right. Like, how long have you been with the band? Oh, pretty much the whole time. <laughs> so.
0: What year was that? Like, what? Eighty two. Eighty two. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So right after their big, or right. I mean, that'd have been like Wall time, right? Or- well,
1: I don't think Roger Waters was in the band. Right, he was done by then, yeah, 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 sure. But uh, you didn't really see any pictures of him, just a little <laughs> triangle with the prison going right, through. Right, right, yeah. And so we had this uh, Morris van that was about on its last legs, and uh, uh, it it died on the way to the gig, or at the gig. <laughs> and... Uh, but we got everything there and got it all set up, and they they asked us to play twice as long and pay us twice as much. Wow! And, wow! And one of the guys got up and played with the band, and uh, it was just a really fun. I mean, was kind of nervous. I like, oh fun. yeah! So I, and uh, and we were able. And the 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 van crapped out after that, and so and it was when it was getting towed, it it jumped off the toe thing. It was almost like it had a personality and it jumped off of the yeah, thing funny. and hit a BMW on the way out. Yeah. But with the money from that gig we were able to buy a new
0: van. Oh so wow. That's my, yeah. that my pink Floyd Holy story. crap, man. I mean that that would be so do you think they wanted to hire like do you think they were starred for like you guys were playing like probably bluesy stuff, like on the street? Or what, like, why do you think they hired you, or, like...
1: Because, uh, well, we also had the Washtub bass.
0: Uh-huh, yeah.
1: So, Washtub bass, a strip down, just a kick and a snare and a hi-hat, mm-hmm. and an acoustic guitar. Right. And uh, I think they just enjoyed the simplicity. Right, because yeah. Because of their big production. Oh, yeah. And... and
0: They're starving for realness, right? Authenticness, maybe the strip down. Yeah. The, the roots yeah. Right, so that's fun.
1: But then, but we were thinking like, oh, Pink Floyd, we better lift our game up. Right. We didn't bring the wash tub page. So uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that was a mistake. We should have brought. the wash
0: You should have, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Because yeah. that, that's something that we we always think like those guys are so big time or whatever, and and we we'd and be, they are and they are, you know. <laughs> but but we you'd be surprised that you know that they. Sometimes you get those kind of diva kind of ladies where they do need everything perfect or else they lose their minds But then you get some other guys some other musicians and they love that stuff. Yeah, they love the the at Winfield on on a dirt dirt road and everybody has their instruments It's all raw and like I mean some of those guys love that stuff Because they never experience it themselves
1: Not anymore not anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's crazy, man. I've never had anything like that. I've never met any, you know... Were, were the guys pretty nice, like the yeah. band
1: and stuff? Yeah, they were friendly.
0: Yeah. Were they all, like, totally, like, ripped out of their
1: minds or not Not at all? No, it seemed yeah. pretty... Mm-hmm. You know, didn't seem that crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: surprising, because I know there's some stories of yeah. The Doors and Ozzy yeah. and, you know, the Allman Brothers and all. I mean... Well, maybe they just didn't, you know. Maybe this
1: was early in the night.
0: Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. After
1: the show, and they come back, little restaurant, have something to eat, a little bit of music, and then who knows what they. Yeah. Wow. Did after that. But it was our brush with fame and greatness. Oh.
0: Now you can like name drop on people. Oh for yeah, the rest we've done that forever.
1: In fact, I did it so much I quit doing it for a while. <laughs> Personally hired by hired by Pink Floyd. They
0: right, right, yeah. That's pretty fun, though. Then I members. dropped
1: it for a while, and then I picked it up again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Needed to pick up but, your status. But
1: then. good things happen just because you're out playing. You know, mm-hmm. if we'd not been out busking, mm-hmm. playing on the street, that would happen.
0: Is that is that a good piece of advice that you would give to a lot of musicians? Like you can you know, it's you can practice in your basement or whatever, but what what happens when you go out to the jams and go out and busk and go like get actually? Stop your laziness and get out there. What? What? Yeah, happens? stuff will
1: happen because, you know, if you go out to the jam, you'll meet some other players. Maybe get some gigs, find something out, or, you know, playing leads to more playing. If you got a gig that somebody sees you at that gig, they want you for this gig, or they know about you, and it just kind of multiplies. But mm-hmm. if you don't get out, yeah, and do it, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that you're the greatest player in your mm. basement. Mm, yeah, in your
0: basement, yeah. I always think bands are, if you, this is my opinion, but I think if you don't gig, you're not a band. That's my opinion, you know. Yeah. I mean, I th- not if you don't have any gigs like right now. If you've done a million and now we're back, you're still a band because you've been gigging. But if you're a bunch of because I consider those to be a bunch of guys in a basement playing together.
1: Yeah, well that can be fun too.
0: It can be fun. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah, I'm going to say it's not fun, but that, that's my definition of, of what a band yeah. is. A band actually plays out. We're not a bunch of, Yeah. what do you think, is that unfair, you think? to.
1: No, I, th- I don't know. there's a lot of bands that, that rehearse once a week and then never get a gig. Mm-hmm. It goes, goes back to that thing about if the if it's not such a sweet deal do you take the gig or not, I, I think you should take the gig so that you can turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. And you get better at gigging just by gigging.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, in my band I was just never able to... I, I was never able to walk away. And there's a couple times I probably should have. And other times I'm glad I did. I'm glad we just took it and did the gig. Yeah. But I, it... I call it the I call it the muscle, like a gangster, yeah. you know. Where where a gangster comes in, they go, nope, you're, or you die, yeah. you know. And and so the other guys, like you said, you got thirty gigs in the next two months. Well, now you have the muscle, like a Dave Hayes or somebody that can come in and go, no, I'm getting five, I'm getting five hundred. Yeah. If not, I'm walking away, you know. Yeah. Samantha or yeah. so, you know. So when you get up to the uh, trampled underfoot guys, yeah. you know, they they could kind of come in and go, well, uh, yeah. no, we're you know. And so now they have like. Leverage on yep. the bar owner, you know. Like, I mean, is that the is that the the key then to just you know, not that it's this you know, always needs to be this battle or something, but like.
1: Well, I just I just think you got to get out and play some gigs. Mm-hmm. To get out there. Because mm-hmm. even even playing playing perfect, like you can the band can know a song that you rehearse and you go to play it live and it probably tanks for the first couple times. Right. It's just a difference of being in front of people. Right. So I think you should get out a gig mm-hmm. as much as you can. Then when you get too busy, then you can... Right. Because you, be you, you have something.
0: I mean, you have something to tell everybody, yeah. right? I mean, even if the gig doesn't go very well, you've now told... Facebook post, uh, yeah. you know that that hey I'm playing here again and everybody's seeing yeah. Yeah. Billy Ebling, Billy Ebling, Billy, 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 you know. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I guess we're kind of wrapping up here. Any, any, yeah. anything, anything else you? No. No. Got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> I usually have a yeah. whole lot of nothing. Okay. But uh. Yeah, well, definitely uh, from, uh, I can, I think I can speak for the music scene that we're all uh, really, really uh tickled that you've been able to keep the, the Knuckleheads jam going so hard. I mean, it's it's the best attended jam in town by far, you know, I mean, there's, you know, tons of jammers, and I think the can say is, uh, from everybody that, you know, thanks for keeping that alive and, and, and doing it, because I, I know tons of people that come out and... And yeah, so.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming in. And, you know, I I owe a lot to the jammers that come in because without they make it part of the, you know. Mm. Otherwise, it would just be a gig. Right, right, right. And more people come in to see the jam because they want to see. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think they want to see that? Train wreck, the, train the ambulance, Chase, <laughs> or the, the looking at the wreck, or you know, or uh, just the uncertainty of what it's going to be, just the right. variety of it.
0: Yeah, well, it is kind of it is kind of a a um, reciprocal thing, right? I mean, without the jammers, you guys just have a regular gig, yeah. and you know, less amount of people come, but without the venue there and the, the, you know, gig, then we're just, again, sit, dudes sitting in a basement, you know, yeah, not, you know so yeah. kind of need each other, I guess. But uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're um, definitely, I can say for everybody, you know, definitely keep it up, you know, keep, keep up yeah, the jam, no, keep up doing what you're doing. Keep on going. Yeah. Um,
1: we'll probably have a 15-year uh, anniversary party. Oh, really? Coming up next March. That'll be 15 years.
0: Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah, you should. You should. You definitely oh, yeah. let let everybody know about oh, yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm sure you will. Frank will be
1: good. He'll he'll buy everybody lunch or something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's fun. I'll try to make it out for that. Oh, that, yeah. that, that sounds like a fun deal to go to. Um,
1: yeah, last time we did it for the ten year, mm-hmm. and we had like two boards full full of <laughs> oh wow players. Wow. so it was like yeah, we're just gonna get two songs and just go. To yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there's no way you're getting through those unless you do something like that right two songs a piece yeah but um yeah i don't know what else to say that's uh that's the end of the show this has been uh, casey music talk uh billy Evelyn, hey, thanks Sean. for coming man Appreciate yeah it. yeah um we we'll keep up the good work oh thanks man it's
1: yeah, yeah. Be an interesting uh, project you got it good is good folks
0: yeah yeah Th- thanks for doing it man it's been it's been pretty fun so far and uh we're uh i I don't know how long it'll go, but uh, there's only about a million players here, yeah. So uh, the longevity of it could be as you know, uh, could be you know years even before I even get through everybody yeah. to let alone to bring them back on a second time. I mean, it could be could go forever, you know. So like, uh, it's been really fun. I'm glad everybody's been willing to come and do it. So um, anyway, that's it. Get out of here. See you guys later.